Welcome to a dialogue on accountability in the digital age. A dialogue with a global multi-stakeholder community representing national and local governments, international policymakers, civil society, NGOs, the ICT industry, as well as other relevant organizations and institutes. I'm your host, Fritz Bussemaker, and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Peter Bott. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fritz. Uh, nice to see you, and thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, Peter is the former Director General for Digital Society, Digitalization of the Administration and IT with the Federal uh, Ministry for Interior Building and Community in Germany. So basically, you were Germany government's CIO. You, I can relate to this yeah. description. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, at the time, uh, one of the main topics you were um, responsible for is helping to set up an e-government. And uh, what, uh, if I read up on what Germany was doing at the time, uh, you were, it was a very big investment in, in broadband uh, uh, technology to, be, to get everybody online. And I would like to have a conversation with you, uh, how you balance, I would say, the need, the urge, the desire to use technology, but also make certain that it's still safe and secure. So, and, I, and also I wanna tell the people you have a law background, you're educated as a lawyer. So you, you have a balance between the legal side and the IT side. So how, how do you... half knowledge uh, of uh, information technology that balances my education as a lawyer. Okay. Uh, now, uh, could you tell us um, how do you prioritize uh, decisions when you see a need for uh, implementing digital technology to get people online? Uh, make sure that it's still safe. How do you approach that? Well, in the first place, uh, it is important to know that uh, Germany, as uh, lots of other countries too, uh, are well behind in digitization. Um, we saw this uh, when the pandemic struck and uh, the infra infrastructure that you needed to, uh, to keep up uh, education as we knew it uh, via the internet uh, um, uh, and to keep businesses going, uh, that the infrastructure was simply not in place. Uh, that this is uh, an issue that uh, followed German politics now for years and years. Mm -hmm. uh, and. Uh, there was a growing need to be faster. Uh, and of course, the pandemic just boosted uh, this uh, uh, recognition. So uh, uh, what we had to do is uh, being faster, okay. And uh, oh, Germany is famous for its bureaucracy. Uh, so be <laughs> a bit less uh, bureaucratic about it. And uh, at the same time, uh, uh, keeping up the quality that you need uh, uh, to be uh, sustainable in what you do. Um, uh, it's a problem uh, for many uh, industrialized countries 
that they are not so far behind uh, when you look at the big picture, but they were very good very early because we have data processing, uh, automated data processing uh, uh, since uh, 1950s or 1960s. So we have legacy systems that have to be replaced uh, to be fit uh, for the digital age. Uh, so uh, speed and innovating uh, on the one hand and uh, keeping up quality uh, on the other hand uh, is uh, what you need to do. Uh, I always uh, had an example that is agility is fantastic, yeah. but you don't want an agile surgeon uh, to uh, perform uh, an agile and uh, experimental surgery on you. Uh, so uh, you like uh, to be rather sure that he knows what he's doing. Uh, so when it comes to critical infrastructure, to uh, infrastructure that is needed uh, beyond uh, the, uh, the day uh, you are living for, uh, then you need to be very careful what you do. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you have to cut back uh, all uh, that is uh, too bureaucratic uh, and uh, that uh, impedes uh, development. Okay, so uh, I'm hearing you say the, the whole global pandemic actually highlighted uh, the fact that we live in a digital era. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, uh, it's very interesting, it was very interesting to watch, uh, is still very interesting to watch. Information technology is, uh, by its nature, it's not haptic. You can't explain to your grandmother what is going on in a computer. Uh, uh, even if you open it up and be as transparent as you can as a customer of uh, Apple or Samsung or uh, someone like that, uh, you can't really explain what is happening inside this shell. Uh, so that's really a, a problem that people have to deal with. Uh, in the Middle Age, uh, we would have all been burned uh, because no one could have understood what we're what we're really doing. Uh, so this is a problem, but uh, the pandemic highlighted uh, what the digital age can do for us on one hand. And on the other hand, it showed very clearly uh, where our vulnerabilities lie. Um, and uh, the, the chip crisis uh, that in part uh, is uh, um, a direct consequence uh, of the pandemic uh, that showed people who don't even own a smartphone uh, that they must now wait for their washing machine eight months or so because there are not enough chips to get it delivered on time. So this is an experience uh, that every citizen makes. And I think uh, it uh, strengthens uh, the awareness uh, of what the digital age means and that we have to look out for new things that we are, were not used to look out for. Uh, and I think that's uh, per se uh, a good uh, direction uh, that uh, we are now taking as a society. Okay, and what's the, re the responsibility of uh, government in this case? As you said, okay, society is now being uh, uh, aware, hey, we live in a digital era. Um, 
federal society, government, um, what's their role in this case? Their role is very important. Um, we have now uh, had uh, 18 months or so uh, where uh, our freedom, our basic rights uh, uh, were taken away uh, for yeah. the greater good, of course, uh, but they were taken away. And uh, we saw that things uh, that uh, uh, were quite normal for us, uh, I think of all uh, the controls uh, uh, we left behind with the Schengen uh, agreement, uh, within the European Union, uh, they are now a thing of the past. We uh, do not even know if uh, there ever will be a situation where we come back uh, to uh, uh, the freedom of movement uh, that we used to know in the late 90s. So <clears throat> uh, the role of the governments is to uh, uh, look beyond the pandemic uh, to create unity uh, where consensus is needed uh, to have uh, effective control and enforcement of uh, global rules. Uh, I think that uh, what the, the group of governmental experts five years ago or so uh, decided, and it was difficult getting there, they simply said uh, international law applies. That was um, uh, a landmark uh, yeah. that uh, Chinese, uh, Russian, and uh, American people agreed uh, to this basis. So when we talk about uh, things like the digital tax, for example, it's uh, uh, always, uh, it's very human because uh, I myself, I'm sorry too that I <laughs> have no part <laughs> in the revenues uh, that Apple and the other big tech companies make. Uh, so I can feel uh, with what uh, uh, our uh, uh, budget committee and the parliament thinks. Uh, but the basis is that the consensus on tax was another one mm -hmm. that uh, where uh, your registered headquarter is, uh, you pay the tax. Uh, this was the basis. So as you can be emotionally uh, 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 very uh, much uh, for having paychecks from Apple, uh, but uh, this was not the consensus. So you need a new consensus if uh, you, uh, and this is very far reaching because it, of course, it concerns car producers too. Um, you need a new consensus uh, of how to pay tax uh, in the digital world so that uh, when big tech uh, makes business uh, in one country, they have to pay tax there too. But it's not only big tech, it's all companies. So this is very, uh, very important. And uh, just today uh, I read in a newspaper uh, that the G7 uh, that called for uh, this uh, new consensus on tax, uh, on the digital tax, uh, that uh, President Biden will have very, very difficult time uh, to convince uh, his uh, two chambers of parliament uh, to agree to uh, what he proposed. So, very difficult, uh, it will take a long time, but it is a good example of what to do. Uh, you have 
to have a political consensus of the big blocks and of course within the European Union first from our point of view uh, on what you intend to do, how to make it feasible on a global scale uh, and uh, you have to talk to talk to talk uh, with one another and to get there step by step. Okay, so am I now hearing you saying that uh, when we talk about the need for accountability in a digital age, uh, one of the things which uh, one of the stakeholders, the providers of technology need to do is basically pay their taxes. It's, it's one way to be held accountable. Uh, this is one example. This yeah. is one example of global rules uh, yeah. uh, that you agree on. Um, and uh, I think uh, that it is a good example because it's always critical when it comes to money. But, uh, uh, but of course, there's more uh, when it comes to privacy, uh, to uh, uh, basic uh, human rights uh, that have to be defended in the face of uh, what uh, big tech of social media, uh, uh, what they do. Uh, then uh, it's important that you have new mechanisms. Uh, you knew uh, uh, all about international uh, courts, uh, of course, uh, uh, being in the Hague uh, <laughs> makes it easy to think is these uh, dimensions. Um, but the essence is that you will need, uh, for example, uh, international system of ombudspeople uh, or such like. You still need to democratically legitimize them, uh, um, but uh, you need new mechanisms. Uh, it is no, no longer possible uh, to have uh, a national uh, 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 Supreme Court uh, uh, issuing uh, warnings or uh, voting for splitting up big companies when the rest of the world doesn't take notice. Uh, so uh, think about new mechanisms, uh, agree on them, and that is what, as an example, uh, people did uh, and the G7 did when they met uh, last time on digital tax. Okay, so as far as you're concerned, what the G7 has done uh, is very much uh, moving things in the right direction. Yeah, uh, and they did, and simply agreeing on uh, this way. Okay, now what, in your view, is the biggest threat uh, for accountability uh, today? Yeah, uh, I talked about political unity, so... <laughs> uh, uh, it was rather terrifying uh, watching what the pandemic did to this uh, because uh, um, all the uh, uh, immediately uh, taken measures were taken nationally. Um, and uh, there has to be a review on what exactly uh, the countries, um, especially in the European Union did uh, and uh, what the European Commission uh, could have done. Uh, so this is very important. Uh, I think uh, that uh, it is uh, also, of course, and there we talk about cybersecurity, of course, uh, um, an opening uh, that uh, we have now another awareness at all uh, of uh, 
for example, uh, are evil. Uh, just these days in the newspaper, uh, ransomware attacks. Uh, these were news uh, that were hidden in the last few pages of a newspaper. Nowadays, when it comes to critical infrastructure and the health crisis, like the pandemic that stroke, uh, then you have a problem uh, that immediately interests every one citizen. Uh, so you have a new awareness, uh, uh, and this is uh, always look at the bright side uh, of things, uh, but cybersecurity uh, issues being too fast. Uh, I talked about quality earlier on. Um, being too fast uh, for their own good uh, and disregarding security measures, uh, not bringing in enough professionals uh, to help you digitize. Uh, this is really a threat uh, because uh, people uh, can become very afraid for dig of digitization uh, if this happened too often and dominates uh, the way you thinking about digitization. But how re realistic do you think you can slow down technological development? Because once it's out there, there's always going to be people who want to use that. Uh, yep. So I understand the thinking that we need to slow things down, but uh, is that going to happen? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not exactly saying that uh, you should slow things down. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that uh, you have to be very careful to have people's acceptance. Uh, we can't digitize uh, and leave the society behind. Uh, my mantra was always leave no one behind. Uh, we have digital gaps uh, uh, within our country, uh, women and men, uh, the old ones uh, and young ones, uh, cities and rural areas, uh, people of higher education, people of not so high education. You have the same uh, with countries, and uh, you have to be very careful not to leave behind uh, people and create uh, divisions and new gaps. Uh, this is important to me. Uh, and to answer your question directly, you no, know, of course, uh, uh, the, the progress uh, cannot be uh, um, um, stopped uh, or even slowed down. Uh, but we need to acknowledge that uh, you need uh, uh, to change in a way that people were not asked to change uh, in, in centuries uh, before. Mm -hmm. uh, take the security people, for example. Uh, there are secret services, even in Luxembourg. <laughs> Every country has one. And uh, for centuries, literally centuries, they lived uh, by a dogma that was called need to know. Keep all the information to yourself. Information is power. And uh, only tell the people about uh, your, the information you have when it's absolutely necessary. In, an, in a digital age, uh, you change to need to share. Uh, in an interconnected global world uh, <laughs> where you have to fight criminals globally, uh, it is not possible uh, to stay with a need to know. 
that means that you go into the very DNA of uh, what uh, the people working for security and secret services and so on, uh, what they live their whole life. And you have to change the way that a supervision takes place. Mm -hmm. uh, you have now to control, to analyze algorithms, code. Uh, you have uh, to study access protocols and analyze them. Uh, uh, how is data processing organized and so on. So uh, digitization changes the organization of the society as a whole. Uh, and this small example uh, that I uh, just uh, described uh, makes clear how very deep this goes uh, against what uh, many people learned uh, from uh, uh, being a small girl or boy on. Yeah, yeah and that almost seems like uh, almost too much responsibility or workload for just a government to handle. Uh, I was wondering uh, who you feel should really be at the table to resolve this. <clears throat> I would like to come back to my proposition to have uh, internationally established ombudspeople or arbitrary uh, courts. Uh, you have to be very careful how to choose them uh, because you need to have accept acceptance there too. Uh, uh, if this is an anonymous uh, uh, institution uh, somewhere where no citizen can relate to, uh, you would generate new problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, be very careful who you choose, uh, but uh, we need these uh, globally accepted institutions and we need them very fast. Uh, and what you need, and I think the pandemic showed this uh, uh, very clearly, you need to have a very, very strong interdisciplinary approach. Uh, that medical people who know their virus by the, by the walk are very important, okay. Uh, but uh, you need uh, psychologists, uh, you need uh, uh, people that come from social uh, uh, science, and uh, you need uh, uh, people uh, that uh, know their way uh, around uh, uh, the, uh, the implications uh, uh, when it comes to education and so on. So you have to have know-how uh, from uh, very uh, um, uh, diverse sectors uh, to uh, make this effective. Okay, and so... I think uh, it is not done with uh, choosing uh, government representatives uh, to be uh, alone responsible for this. Well, that's actually a, a quite an ambitious solution, but uh, to summarize what I'm hearing you saying is, uh, this is a global issue, but it's not just having the IT professionals come together, or maybe just the, the, with the legal professionals, it's very much a multi-stakeholder discussion. Yeah, it is. Uh, otherwise, we're not going to get there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, necessary to do exactly what you said. It's only one step further from having hearings or so uh, with a, a multi-stakeholder approach. 
but we made too much mistakes in the past uh, when we excluded uh, uh, many people uh, that were responsible for uh, important decisions. Uh, the uh, ICT community kept uh, a bit to itself. Uh, they had this elitist uh, approach uh, and uh, were within this eggshell where uh, one knows another and they are being buddy-buddy. But this is not enough. This was never enough. Uh, we had to uh, uh, talk to people from the interior, from the economic side, uh, from justice. Uh, and. Uh, it's perhaps not too late uh, to go there, but uh, uh, it can't be a thing of information technology community or, uh, uh, or hacker uh, communities or uh, such alike. So, uh, yeah, no, broader. I agree. Yeah, no, I do agree. The current pandemic has made it quite uh, clear. Uh, now, uh, a twofold question, if I may. Um, first of all, who should drive this discussion as you are uh, aiming for and what could the role be of the institute for accountability in that discussion first of all uh, if the commission realizes that it has to gain speed uh, then the european commission would be the ideal um, uh, source of uh, uh, taking the initiative um, because uh, you have here um, a, a community of uh, countries and uh, they are for par definitionem, uh, uh, they are multilingual, they are multi-stakeholder uh, oriented. So uh, uh, I would address uh, the European Commission first. Okay. Uh, they are now accepted uh, on a global scale as a partner within G7 and so on. Uh, so uh, they sit at the table and you have uh, what you do not have uh, in Germany. <laughs> For example, we change uh, the government now in uh, three months time. Uh, the European Commission has uh, some sort of continuity that the other big blocks do not have in a similar fashion. Uh, so this is uh, the way to go. And I think uh, uh, I talked about hearings and I talked about uh, including uh, uh, initiatives. Uh, I think uh, I for Ada, uh, for example, uh, should be uh, in a counseling role. And uh, uh, when you talk to people from the commission, uh, they need something, you should have a very broad approach uh, and uh, perhaps having hearings uh, that are very, very big to start with and then narrow it down. And I think uh, that uh, we within uh, the Institute uh, for Accountability in the Digital Age, uh, uh, with all the global experience that already uh, has uh, come in, uh, uh, can play a very important role in counseling the, the people and the commission. Well, that very much describes the role we want to take facilitate for that discussion to happen as a catalyst uh, yeah. but 
nobody owns this discussion. It's very much a global discussion we should have. And uh, one, one final question for me, uh, Peter, before I let you go. Um, describe your ideal world. Oh, <clears throat> this will take longer than yeah. you perhaps think it will. <laughs> no, um, <clears throat> to keep it simple, uh, that is a world where uh, people talk to one another, mm -hmm. uh, they listen to one another, and they learn from one another. Uh, I think it is very, very important uh, to come back uh, to some basic values uh, that uh, uh, denominated uh, where we come from, how much humanity has learned in these last uh, uh, few hundred years compared to all the time before that is incredible. But it only comes from wanting to learn. So the ideal world, talk to one another, listen to one another, and learn from one another. Well, at least uh, we discussed the risks of uh, modern digital technology, but I also see your ending with one of the benefits modern te digital technology is giving us. We are actually able to talk to each other on a global level like we're doing right now. So uh, thank you for sharing your insights, uh, Peter. And uh, well, let's uh, make it happen. Let's make it happen. Thank you very much again. And thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to see you personally uh, sometime soon.